Is it on? Oh, it's on. Okay. Well, I'll begin. I know that you folks have been working on a mission in Africa, and congratulations for that. I am so excited about the mission that you have in Consumo, helping those street, ch street children. Oh, that's in our heart. We'd know some, too. It's wonderful. So I'll begin by saying I'm Nancy Maynard, and I'm a born-again Christian. And I'll just bet that everyone in this room is also the same. And if you're not, it's time you did. <laughs> Just threw that in there. <laughs> it's my joy to be here today. How many people knew Oli? Let's see a raise of hands. Hallelujah. Oh, that's wonderful that you're still here. The founders of your church and Oli was here five years ago. And Oli, as many of as those of you who were here know, was the founder of our mission, co-founding with me 13 years ago. And 10 years ago, into the life of Oli and I came a young boy, 16 years old. A young boy mentored by Oli. And it, today, it is my privilege to introduce you to Oli's protege, Martin Oli Perengi. Good morning. How are you? Uh, I want to take this time and welcome all of you here. And uh, I'm going to take some of your time. I know it's very precious. And uh, you're welcome. Uh, thousands and thousands of miles away from here, in the land of Africa, Kenya, there lived a tribe, a minority tribe, called the Maasai people. This is a tribe which is a pastoral tribe. These people, they move from one place to another. This is a small group, and uh, they don't have permanent homes. They move from one place to another because of their pastoral life, searching for pasture and water for their animals. And uh, this is a tribe in the whole of Africa that has kept its tradition to date. And it happens that this man standing today here comes from that tribe. My name is Martin Buhrengei Olingiroya. We always have three names. We have a Christian name. And I believe Martin is a Christian name, is it? I'm not sure, but I think, I believe it's a Christian name. I've never come across that name in the Bible. But I know some man in the, in the Bible has it. So, that's me. Well, how many people have seen me before? Only two. <laughs> 
How many people are seeing me today? All of you. Thank you very much. So, uh, 13 years ago, something happened to me, to my life. I dropped from high school and ninth grade because my parents could not take me to school due to a very, very, very bad drought that happened in my country that time. And my father lost all his animals. In the Maasai community, they always depend on animals for everything, for education, shelter, food, you know, everything. But my father lost the source, and I dropped from high school, and I went back home. And the only thing I thought that I can do is to start a school. And I started a school, and I had 17 children in that village school. Let me tell you something. My father, who passed away a year ago, had four wives. One, two, three, four wives. At a time. Not, not one today. All of them are there. And uh, they share one homestead. And my father had 36 children. So I have 35 brothers and sisters. And then I started that school there. I had 17 children, and seven of them are my little brothers and sisters. And then one day, God sent angels from nowhere. <laughs> and they came to that village. My, my village is in the middle of nowhere. You can tell where that village is. Uh, just a few, uh, a few uh, weeks ago, I was trying to Google the map of Kenya and try whether I can see my home. It's not there. <laughs> Uh, so, two people came to my village, white people. We call them Muzungu. In Africa, the white person is always called Muzungu because of your white skin. And uh, uh, we saw a vehicle approaching my school, and I told my, my students by then, oh, there's a vehicle coming. You should come out and see because it's it's very, very rare to see a vehicle in my village. Very rare. One, there are no roads. Two, there are no people who own vehicles. And three, we don't have a need for vehicles because uh, by that time, you know, you just have to travel with your animals. And uh, you grace them. So this vehicle came and it had two white people and two black people. And uh, one of them was Ole. Ole is my mentor. And I love him because he's the key to who I am today. He brought these two white people. That's my American mama and my American father. I'm their, I'm their child. And they came to my village uh, we sat down with them in the school. We talked, we talked, and they asked me something. How about your 
education level. I told them, well, I, I, am, a, I am a high school dropout. I dropped because uh, my father could not take me to school due to the loss of livestock he lost. And they said, do you want to go back to school? And I said, yeah, I would like to go back to school, but I don't have the money. I can't. And they said, we will help you go back to school. And I went back to school. I graduated from high school. I, I joined again college. And I did an associate degree in community development and project management. The reason why I did that course is because I wanted to change the lives of those little boys and little girls in my village. Because the Maasai people are not much educated people. They are left behind, you know. And uh, they took my school through donors. Uh, the school was built, eight classrooms, teachers' houses, and now we have 150 children in that school. So, in 2004, I received Christ. And now I'm a born-again Christian. Amen. And uh, I really love God because God has been a miraculous God to my life. So many things have really changed in my life since that time. And uh, this is my second time coming to the United States. I was here in 2009. And uh, I'm back again here. And God has really seen me through, you know, so many things. And right now, as I stand here, my mission, the Nosimasai mission, we have 200 students in primary school sponsored. You know, 200 going to that school, 150 going to that school, and others going to different schools in that village. And we have 17 children in high school. And we have 12 of them in colleges and universities. Is that not God? That is God, right? So at least now I know if we were living as pastoralists 10 years ago, today somebody can stand after university and be employed and get a job. Okay? And that is God. Through no Simasai mission, through Nancy and Don, God has really, really done something great in our lives, in that village, and so many people. Because it's not only education that the Nosimasai mission gives to my community. They also teach them about Christianity. When they see me as a born-again Christian, everybody admires God. And every Sunday, people go to church in my village especially in my family. So today, I want to say that God can lift you from ashes and put you somewhere. The Bible says, 
he can lift you from ashes and put you in a table and dine. I don't remember what he says again from there. <laughs> but, you know, I've never thought, coming from that tiny village, to be with a white person sharing something. It's great. You know, it's beyond my imagination. It's only God who knows why. It's only God who knows why. And that's why I say, my God, who is the God you worship here, the same God we worship in Africa, he is a very faithful God. And I love him because of that. Now, ah, uh, Wow. Yes. You know, I have a lot of things to talk about. <laughs> and always I don't have time. You know, in Africa, we don't, we don't use, we don't use uh, watches, clocks. We, we, we follow the sun. You just look at the sky and say, oh, maybe it's, it's 12. It's time for us to, to do something. Now, this is how I became the American sun. One day, my father, we had a celebration in the, in the village. And Papa and Mama, my American parents now, they came to that village. And then we had this big celebration. But they could not understand what was happening. And my father said, today, I'm going to give out this son of mine to these people. You know, and we had a celebration and he called them. He said, come. We were doing it in our Maasai language. So they could not understand so many things. <laughs> but anyway, my father gave me to them. And then I translated now to them that from today, I am your son. My father just gave me you. So that's how I became their son. You know, my father, it was not a big deal for my father to give out one of his children because he had 36 of them. <laughs> so minus one, you still have 35 children. So it was not a very big deal. So he just gave it out, you know, and said, okay, that's your son. You do what you want to do with him. <laughs> If you want to take him away, it's all right with us. If you want him to remain here, it's okay with us. So that's how my father gave away me. And I love that. I really love that. And that's when I, you know, now I started having, oh, I have an American family. I have a father. I have a mother. Very far away. Okay, that's how I became part of that family. Today, I came back to the United States because in Maasai community, we still have problems. Despite the Nosi Maasai mission helping us to get education, we still have a lot of, a lot, a lot of problems. 
I tell you. How many have been to Africa? Oh, thank you. You've been to Kenya? No. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, somebody can tell you how that land looks like. It's totally different from here. Different. Different, I tell you. So in my village, it's more, again, different from other tribes. You know, we, we walk. We walk for so many kilometers to get education. We walk for so many kilometers to, to get medical, uh, you know, uh, uh, services. We walk for so many kilometers. I mean, everything, we walk to get everything. Women in my village can walk about 15 kilometers. I don't know how many miles are those. To get water, drinking water, which is not always safe. But I thank God because of Monosi Masai Mission. They drilled a well in Ole's village. Ole lives a faraway village from mine. We live in different villages. And now that village, over 400 people are having safe drinking water. Women, the time they used to go and fetch water has been reduced. But again, in that small village of Olekimunke, where I come from, we have problems getting people to go to school. Because we have what we well, I can call a discrimination. You know, the, the children does not have equal rights. Uh, a female child and a male child don't have equal rights. The male children have right to education, while the female child does not have the right of education. And it becomes very difficult because the boys go to school and the girls, they get married as young as nine years old. Nine years, 12 or 15, they get married off. We have something, a practice, a traditional, that is uh, a rite of passage. And girls are being circumcised there. That's a very, very bad practice. It's called FGM, female genital mutilation. It's a very bad practice. It claims a lot of lives of those little girls because of loss of blood. They can bleed to death. They always have a lot of complications. If they survive, they did not die. They always have complications in their future lives, especially when it comes time for them to have babies. And these girls are married to very old men, 60, 50, 70 years old man, marrying a little girl. You know, and personally, I want to change that. I want to change that. How do I change that? I change that by praying to God. Please, God, rescue these girls. Please, God, visit the hearts of my parents, my brothers, of my mothers, so that they allow a girl child 
to have equal opportunities as a boy. Also, I go around looking for support, sponsorship for these little girls, for them to go to school, for them to get an education. Because the reason why these girls are married off at a very tender age, it is because parents down there, they look girls as a source of wealth. If you give out a girl to get married, in return you get nine cows. And when you have nine cows, you are a very rich man. <laughs> so the more girls you have, the more wealth you have. But we want to change that. Because that's a one-time thing. They sell them one time for nine cows. And then a drought comes. Kills all those cows. And the life of that girl will be a miserable life the rest of her life. So, it's very awkward in my village. Because I'm a man, I still do some tradition practices for me talking about the right of a girl child in the community. My age may look at me and say, are you crazy? Why are you talking about girls going to school? But I see the importance of having a girl going to school. And right now, we have a rescue center whereby we are rescuing these girls and keep them there. Right now, we have two of them. But I came again to the U.S. seeking for your support to stand with us, stand with our mission, so that we can rescue these girls and give them a better life. Rescue these girls and take them to school. And this is how we are doing it. You can do a general donation to the Nosimasai mission. You can also sponsor a child through Nosimasai mission. A primary school child, you can sponsor uh, uh, either a boy or girl with $30 a month. And that $30 will make that girl be in school. You can sponsor a high school child with $60 a month. And you can also sponsor uh, a college or university child with $80 a month. So that's what I'm doing. Beside giving my testimony as a Christian. And I'm living a very nice life. Very, very nice life with Jesus Christ in me. You know, he's keeping me on the right track always, every day. Two, I would like to say that I'm a family man. I'm married. And I have a son. I have one child. My time is off. Okay. <laughs> you know, she's my timekeeper. <laughs> so, I'm married, I have a son. My son is called Donald. I named him after my American father. And uh, this is how I got married. In 2009, when I came here, I had a girlfriend back at home. And uh, I don't know what happened, but she got pregnant. 
And then uh, I did not know about that. When I came here, she wrote me an email and said, Hey, Martin, I think I have your, I have your baby. I'm pregnant. <gasps> How did that happen? <laughs> so I told them, and we prayed about that. And I had a very, very difficult time because I was not ready to be a father by that time, not ready to be a husband. But they took me to a pastor in Highland Hope Methodist Church, Pastor Dan, who told me after a very lengthy talk, he told me, do the right thing. And the right thing I did was, okay, I think I'll get married. And I'll take care of my son. Because I'm here speaking about saving children and mine is coming. <laughs> I did not know by then whether he'll be a boy or a girl. And then I, I, I called home. We bought a, some minutes. And then I called home. I called my parents and told them, I'm getting married. My, father was, my mother was like, what? Please do not bring me a white woman here. <laughs> Don't. If you're getting married to a white woman, you stay with her there. Don't bring her here. <laughs> white women could not survive in my village. They can't survive. So I told them, no, I'm not getting to a white, married to a white woman. I have a, a Maasai lady and she will be coming home anytime. So I called that lady. I told her, okay, you go home. Go to my mother's place. And that's how I got married. I got married when I was not there. <laughs> but somebody received my wife. My parents received her. And then uh, after some times, the baby was born. The baby was born also when I was here. So my first question to them was, how does that child look like? They said, he looks like you. <laughs> And then I gave, I gave them a name. Please name him Donald. Oh, they could not pronounce that name. So they nicknamed him. They called him Nessie. My son now, he is, I named him after Donald and after Ole. Ole, he had another name called Monke. So I named him after those two gentlemen. And uh, my son now is three years and five months. And uh, he's going to school. Every morning, I have a very hard job because I have to carry him on my back to school. He goes four kilometers away from my home, and I carry him to school. And, uh, and then I go to, to the market to take care of some business there. And then my wife go and pick him from school. And sometimes I pick him. So that's the kind of uh, life we are living there. And I'm very proud of my son. And my son has a sponsor. His grandfather, the American grandfather, <laughs> is still the sponsor of my son. I really thank God because of that. He's now in nursery school. We call it a baby class. And he's learning, he's learning two languages now. He's learning Swahili. Swahili is the, 
language used in Eastern Africa for communication, and he's learning English. We start learning English language as from nursery school because Kenya was colonized by the British, and uh, we use the British uh, uh, learning system. So they start learning. So my son now, he can speak two languages, Maasai and Swahili. By next year, he'll start speaking one word, one word uh, in English. So I'm a family man again. My wife, she's called Sally, and she's a born-again Christian. And I can say that many times because I know she is. <laughs> and, uh, well, I love that. So that's me. And I'm living your beautiful country on the 17th of this month, uh, going back to, to Africa, Kenya. And uh, I'm ready to go. And this is, I really love this church because this is my last presentation here in the United States for this time. Uh, I will not talk on Monday and Tuesday, so this is the last church I'll be. And God has been doing great things because when I came here uh, for the last uh, one month and two weeks that I've been here, I've been talking to different churches every Sunday. So those are six churches. So, and this is the last church I'm speaking to. I'm very excited to speak to you. And I see the pastor is coming. Uh, thank you very much. And God bless you. <laughs> if you have any question, please you can see us. We're still around. And uh, I say thank you very much and goodbye. Thank you. Hey, Martin, come here. Stay, stay up here for a second. Yeah, cool. Thank you so much, my friend, mm -hmm. for catching us up on what's going on over there in Africa and mm -hmm. kind of sharing with us your lifestyle, Oh yeah. you know, which is a little different than, than America. It is. Yeah, it is we're kind of spoiled here, I think. <laughs> yeah. Me too, I'm spoiled. You know, so these days I eat well. You know, I have three meals a day, even four. You know, my second mission here is eating. <laughs> and uh, my son is waiting for me to carry him so I'll lose weight when I go there <laughs> but I, I think that's something we over in the United States some, because we think, tend to take some things for granted mm -hmm. and we become uh, a little spoiled in expecting things to be delivered to us we walking distance of us we expect buses to get us for, to school. Mm -hmm. We expect the swan man to bring meat and ice cream right to the doorstep of my house. You know what I'm saying? And, but but, but, but there, you know, there, there's some great attributes and some, some very endearing qualities in the way of life that you guys have that I think we lose here in the United States. I, I'm not sure it's necessarily all good uh, of the kind of the, the lifestyle that we're accustomed to in our culture. So I, I definitely really appreciate you. Uh, you sharing that context with us so that we can understand uh, what's going on over in, in that area of the world. Yeah. yeah. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. So, thank, thank you, Martin. Thank you.
Um, Martin did mention um, contributing to the, the Nisa Maasai mission. Um, if you're interested in doing that, we're in contact with Nancy and Martin and that missionary, pray, or that mission. Pray about that. Don't do anything impulsive. But if that is something that's on your heart and you feel compelled or led by our Father to, to support that effort, then talk to one of the leadership team and we will create that opportunity. Okay, here at Family Bible Church, we don't have an, a really organized mission program per se. We, in all of our ministries, we allow God to flow through his people in creating or orchestrating those types of movements. We're not, I, I, I'm on the leadership team, and I, we are not a team or a board that dictates what this church is doing and then pulling people along to do it. We depend on God to speak through the heart, the life, the spirit of every individual that's a part of his body. And we listen very closely. And if something is, someone is interested in, for example, this mission, then we would welcome the opportunity to partner with them in making that opportunity available. So uh, keep, keep that in mind, okay? Uh, something else that struck me, too, in Martin's um, testimony is, is that he attributes a lot of the, what, we, what appears as natural circumstances, he contributes that to God. That's another thing I think we, particularly American people, take for granted, is that when that sun comes up in the morning, just like when, when we read in Psalm 19, when that sun comes up in the morning, 93 million miles away from this planet, and there's 21% oxygen in this atmosphere to sustain human life, and there are constituents on this earth that we consume so that the blood cells in our body will, will remain alive and flow and we can exist. That is God doing that. We take that for granted as natural people. As Martin said, through Nancy and her mission and other people who extend themselves into the life of these people in, a, in, in love, and because they care, because they want to partner with people to optimize their life, their existence. That's, that's what we're here for. That's why we proclaim Jesus Christ and God the Father, is to align ourselves with the way this world really works, the way humanity is designed to flourish physically, emotionally, spiritually. It sounds to me like that's what Nancy in this mission is trying to do for these people over there. That's what Martin is trying to do. He's trying to bring about changes in his social habits or mannerisms that will more better align with the way God designed humanity to work, especially for these young ladies in protecting them, maybe from some of these, these social forces or influences that are at play. And uh, that is God at work, creating schools, people create, being able to create a water supply by helping one another, by, by sharing that knowledge. That knowledge just doesn't come from anywhere. That is given to us. I think a lot of us, we, we claim that knowledge as our own. We become very proud. I know this. I am skilled at this. 
well, where did you get that knowledge? Where did you get that skill? Did, you, did it come about on your own? I don't think so. It was developed. And I'll guarantee you, without a doubt, it's God the Father, Jesus Christ, who is stimulating and, and, and uh, influencing those ebbs and flows of inner relationship, of knowledge, of wisdom through the life of people. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And it's great to hear that that's happening over there uh, in your neck of the woods. So with that, let me close and we'll be dismissed. God, our wonderful Father, and how, how brilliant you make yourself appear to us through the life of little Judah, Stephen James Walker, and his family, and through the life of Martin and Nancy, and the, 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 the mission work um, that's going on over in Africa, uh, helping to improve life. You know, you promised us, Father, that when we trust in you, when we embrace that gift of Holy Spirit, that we, that we proclaim in the name of Jesus Christ when we believe in him, that we'll experience life and experience it more abundantly. And we welcome that promise. We, we, wanna, we, we intend to live into that promise, not on our own strength, not on our own merits, but on the word and truth of you in your honor to accept and embrace your sovereignty. And as we step out this door today into this beautiful summer day, and we celebrate, we enjoy the, the novelties and conveniences that, that are provided us here. Um, let us not take those for granted. May we be thankful, truly thankful, that your hand is in it. And may we give you the gratitude and the honor for providing it. And then we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.